chefs don't like it. It's not a gourmet way to cook. Azumi, I won't cook on gas anymore. Mm -hmm. And in my private chef life, I literally bring my induction hob to my fancy clients' kitchens if they don't already have induction because it cooks better, faster, and more accurately. Welcome to Home Green Homes Podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka, a green home advisor and a green realtor. Here I invite a variety of experts in the world of green homes and have conversations about how we can all live in healthy, resilient, and efficient homes. My guests provide insight in a wide range of topics from designing, building, living in green homes, purchasing or financing green homes and improvements, to how we can live to reduce the negative environmental impact from the way we live. My goal is to inspire and inform you about how we can make a difference in our own lives and our environment. Hello, this is Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Homes Podcast. I am so excited today to have professional chef Rachelle Boucher for as our guest. Um, she is a very renowned professional chef and she's going to talk about induction stoves today. So uh, Rachelle, just tell me who you are and and how you got to where you are today and you know g- give us a little bit of history with how you started being a chef. Absolutely. Well, you know, sometimes like I I didn't go straight into it. I went to art school. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love the, uh, you know, design build world. So Mm -hmm. everything that you guys do uh, is always very intriguing to me. I love that part of it. Um, But I always wanted to do culinary, but um, it really wasn't a very obvious choice back in my day. And there was, were very few role models. It was you know, pre-internet, it was pre-cooking, uh, you know, food channels. So um, I just worked in the industry uh, forever. So I'm very grateful because I learned a lot of the really hard stuff, you know, being a everything from a waitress, but uh, mostly being a prep cook, um, dishwasher, uh, and working my way up to being a sous chef and then a chef in the restaurant industry. And I really loved that. But um, I was really fortunate when I moved out to California. I'm from Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. Uh, went to school in Philly. So certainly uh, enjoyed those crazy East Coast restaurants. Um, But when I moved out to California, different opportunities opened up and I got to join a cooking school that was sort of that precursor uh, cooking school and kitchen store combination. And in I got to teach, we sold all the products. So it was really a wonderful experience uh, becoming a cooking teacher. And, and then from there, I was scouted uh, to be a private chef. So someone came in one day and she said, you know, you ever thought about being a private chef? Again, wasn't something that people know, you know, somebody's very own like pet chef. Um, and they gave me a name to look for. I didn't know who they were connected to. Um, did not see that person's name on my roster for months and months. I thought, oh, 
oh, well, I missed this fun opportunity. Lo and behold, they popped into a class and I became George Lucas Filmmakers Private Chef. Um, really exciting. So entering the private chef world and getting into the home was a great pivotal moment for me. Yeah. So how how so now uh, Rochelle is known for uh, as a spokesperson for induction stove. So how did you get introduced to induction stove? While you while you cooking for George Lucas, or when did when did you become aware of such thing? Right. Well, again, this was quite a long time ago. So I've cooked for so many super famous and legendary people. Generally, most of them at that time, of course, had these big, huge gas ranges. I was also recruited to join the um, appliance world as a spokesperson and a product tester and a corporate chef. And oddly enough, um, that became, um, I, I ended up leaving the private chef world because the opportunities as a, in the appliance world were amazing. So I got to be a national corporate chef for luxury appliance companies. So, you know, becoming a salesperson of sorts, a storyteller for all these brands. And then fast forward many years later, after being the private chef for Sub-Zero Wolf here in the San Francisco area, for being the, uh, the cor our corporate chef, the corporate chef for Mila, you know, I'm cooking side by side on these big, huge, you know, fire breathing gas ranges. And right next to it are these innocent looking like live induction tops. Well, Izumi, <laughs> one thing that was amazing is at Mila, for example, and you know, you could picture you've been to be in your line of work, these gorgeous appliance, they're like Apple stores, but for appliances, right? And, you, you know, and I'm cooking and all four of our staff, different ages, different backgrounds, different cooking traditions, we all, without noticing, became induction super fans. Mm. When we were cooking for ourselves or cooking for demos or whatever we were doing, a time and a time and time again, we always chose the power, the speed, the cleanliness, the ease of use of the induction. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, all four of us, and we had people to help clean up because cleaning up a gas, we'll talk about that, like cleaning <laughs> up a gas range, I caramba. I've done it a million times as a private chef, right? So we all self-selected. And then I realized as this movement came to bear, the electric kitchen revolution, I call it, I knew that after cooking side by side with people of all walks of life on induction, I knew I had some good news to share about this switch. So what were the good news that you shared with your people? What did you tell them from your experience? Well, yeah, you know, it was so, like I said, there's four different people, different walks of life. And we were all like, oh my God, we, we prefer this we prefer how it cooks we prefer so i'll get into that we'll talk about myths and truths which is kind of a fun way to say it but um when berkeley passed the first ordinances for the gas bands look azumi i understand when it, when it when it comes to like these huge changes and something that i in the appliance world have been promoting for 20 years like fire and BTUs, you know, all of a sudden we're like, but wait, there's something better. I get it. 
I understand from the architects, designers, the home, I know you flip homes. Um, I really understand it. Um, I got to cook with, um, you know, self-proclaimed Asian grandma who said, oh my God, my daughter's getting this super, she's a designer. I'm doing all the cooking. How do I walk cook on this thing? I mean, we did it together. She was so amazed that we ended up co-creating a Chinese New Year's class together, wow. myself and so fun, um, because she was so thrilled at how induction worked for her traditional Chinese food. So uh, same with, I had some Indian families come in and say, oh my goodness, how are we going to make you know, chapatis and, and all of these wonderful foods, the slow braises, and I said, bring your cookware, let's get this done. So by workshopping with all of these different people aging in place, I got to see their, their truth. And it became, it's such a story of good news because in the bans and the takeaway or removing or banning or all of these sort of fearful things, the the cooking process and the learning the discovery and the actual function of the product is a revelation so zumi what i say is the regulations became came before the revelation mm. so i'm all about the revelations yes amazing <laughs> like, let's get in the kitchen <laughs> i know right so from where i stand i am still feeling a lot of resistance both from sure. the from the people who are selling the appliances. I've shared this story with you where I was told that, you know, the appliance store salesperson told me that, oh, they stopped making induction stove. And I, I also see the resistance from the homeowners um, side. People, you know, who are into cooking still say that, oh, I still prefer to cook on gas. So what's the myth that these people are holding on to and what can you say to debunk those myths? I get it. First of all, it's, you know, again, I'm so lucky because I'm coming from decades of like in the trenches, right? Solving for this. Um, and, you know, it always, I love cooking and I love learning from others. So no matter what kind of fancy chef I think I am, the, I think what I'm best at is learning. Mm -hmm. So learning from so fun, uh, you know, as we cook your dishes. So the, the hard part, Azumi, I, so I totally get it. Like from designers, for example, we're, they're used to designing around this, this big, gigantic monstrosity that most clients hardly use any of those ranges. A uh, 48 inch range as a private chef, I'm telling you, like, uh, they mostly are like just taking up space. Mm -hmm. So I understand, you know, you've got the, that, that visual, the range and the gigantic hood. Um, however, uh, when I was at Mila, for example, very sleek, uh, modern brand, many of my architects and designers were like, wait a minute, we can, we can sleek down that profile. We can go with not this Volkswagen size range hood, hold on. So I really understand that a traditional look, um, it's hard, you know, there's design changes that that can be need to be made. Um, fortunately, some of them can be pretty awesome. And you can still get that big kind of chefy 
restaurant-y look mm -hmm. um, and more choices coming soon um, with the super powered induction cooktops and ranges. Mm -hmm. So that's one of them. The other thing is, again, you're talking about sometimes thousands of years of history of cooking with flame and fire and people's comfort zones. Right. And I really understand that. If you're comfortable doing things a certain way, um, I get it. What it takes, and this is a hard part, is that um, it really takes a day of using the induction piece, whether it's that drop-in cooktop mm -hmm. or whether it's that big slide-in range. It really takes about a day to get used to it. And Azumi, I tell you, it's kind of like having the old phone on the wall where you dialed and you're like, this is my phone, I know how to use it. And then somebody, if somebody were just to all of a sudden hand you an iPhone and go, or, you know, or, or a, a, you know, a Google phone, whatever, and to go, oh my God, this is so much better. You, you're so old fashioned here and just give it to you. And you're standing there feeling like an idiot. That's almost the comparison where uh, we have iterated into higher tech computers. We mm -hmm. iterated into new phones, but all of a sudden, you know, people like me are like, Oh my God, what are you talking about? Gas is so in the past, um, but it really, right? But until people have those moments of learning and discovery with somebody that's patient and trustworthy and, and where are they gonna do this? Yeah, It's not like there's just induction cooktops lying around for everybody to use. I know where there's a lot of them, but not everybody knows, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, the interfaces are all different, right? Mm -hmm. So Izumi, as you know, if you've got a, a, whether it's the least expensive little gas cooktop to the, you know, most expensive La Cornu range, you turn a knob and it's on, right? Induction, right. it can be knobs, it can be slide screens. It, it really can leave people going, feeling dumb. Yeah. And feeling like they have to start all over it. Yeah. So what else is it different? Like, um, do you actually change the way you cook? And and how about, I've also heard from people like, don't you have to have certain kind of pots and pans to use on induction stove? So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I say, Zumi, the top sort of, some of the, there are many, but I would say like the top five myths or semi-truths are certainly like, oh, you have to change out all your cookware. Mostly not. Um, cast, cheap cast iron works great. Fancy, uh, you know, uh, in, in, all clad cookware is wonderful. Um, you can use nonstick cookware. Essentially, the way induction works it, it just and I'll get right back to myths, but the way it works is it creates a safe magnetic wave mm -hmm. that connects to the cookware. So instead of creating this big hot burner that loses up to 80% right. of that heat gas into your household and onto the chefs, um, you have it, 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 the heat is created from the movement of the molecules in the pan. So the pan becomes your heat source. So it's wildly efficient. It's, it's over 80% efficient rather than losing almost 70 to 80% of your heat. So it's almost, they're almost the reverse. Um, so with cookware, as long as a magnet sticks to the bottom, you're great. 
If you have solid copper cookware, that does not work. Very mm. few people do. I work with Heston Culinary and they make a gorgeous induction friendly, oh, everything they make, but their <laughs> cookware is a uh, copper bond and it's gorgeous and it is magnetic, but it has copper on the, on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so much cookware works. If it's solid aluminum cookware, like restaurant junky stuff, that is not that great to cook on from a health point of view, um, but that doesn't work. Okay. So there are very few kinds of cookware. Um, it is mo- almost across the board. And then old style calphalon, which is that dark anodized aluminum mm-hmm. does not work. Mm-hmm. Again, not that popular these days. That, that kind of went out of favor. Right. Um, so the cookware story is, is very... Um, there's some truth to it, but not very much. And most all cookware stores have a magnet mm-hmm. behind the counter. So that so-, so you know the second thing to your question is like, do you need to cook differently? Well, kind of. It's sort of like you know you're you're driving even with the highest power, twenty two thousand BTUs, right? Mm-hmm. You are losing again almost 70% of that. So you've got to subtract that much power. So you're really not ending up with that much firepower, right? But when you do use induction from the sort of least expensive to the fanciest, you are super, it, it's going twice as fast. So you're boiling water twice as fast. Your pans heat up so quickly. So you do sort of need to prep a little bit more first. I see. And definitely you will probably burn a couple of things before you realize that that thing is so easy to turn up and down and you got to back it off just a little. Yeah. And in terms of wall cooking, which is a very important thing and lots of sort of news in SoCal about wok cooking and Asian cooking, definitely you need a, a, a flat bottom wok. Mm-hmm. You need a, the wider, the flat bottom, the better. Right. Uh, but it is going to get screaming hot. Like you, again, <laughs> even with wok cooking, you need to back off. Yeah. And there are wonderful now induction woks that are convex, right? No, concave. So they're like bowl shape and you put, you can even put your round bottom wok right in those. Oh, they're uh, becoming readily available for the commercial space. Um, and they are coming back to the market from the residential space in the residential space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's plug-in ones you can get. So oh, wow. you can use them. Yeah, yes. Amazing. Any other myth? Yeah, so cookware, <laughs> so the five is like cookware, changing how you cook. I think the third most important one is like you said, you know, oh well, chefs don't like it. It's not a gourmet way to cook. Azumi, I won't cook on gas anymore. Mm -hmm. And in my private chef life, I literally bring my induction hob to my fancy clients' kitchens if they don't already have induction because it cooks better, faster, and more accurately. So that's amazing. And now many of them kind of want to change out. Um, I think the fourth thing is, you know, in terms of those myths is... um, is likely, you know, maybe it's power we talked about, oh, and control. So people say, well, you know, gas is much more controllable. 
actually induction is significantly easier to control. Mm -hmm. um, it again, boils water twice as fast. You can get all of these subtle little gradients. So yes, it takes a little time, but instead of making pancakes and like burning the first two and then, oh no, it's too cool turning up. You know, I know now on my induction, seven is my pancake temperature. Wow. Um, and then when you turn it off, you do not even need to move the pot. You turn it off and it goes off. And I think that the last sort of, you know, one of the myths maybe out of the top five that I hear is that, you know, it, we have been taught that um, gas is natural and that it's safe for your home. It isn't. Um, it is It is leaking regularly. My husband has asthma. And when we used to cook with gas, he would get sick. So when people tell me that that's not true, I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's really true. Um, there's always leaking. Um, and you still need, however, um, you still need ventilation with induction, mm -hmm. um, but not nearly as much, not nearly as big. Um, you're going to pull out moisture and a little bit of particulate where with gas, you're pulling out, you know, formaldehyde and NOx gases, methane, lots and lots of particulate and a lot of heat. So those are sort of the five sort of myths or slash truths that I think I really help people with most often. I so appreciate that you you touched upon the health factor, health and safety factors. If you can speak a little bit more about that, because um, my last guest in my podcast said to said to me, like, do you know that it's equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes if you cook on the gas stove dog? Can you speak a little bit about that, the health factor? Absolutely. And, you know, it's very hard to... There are some wonderful um, studies being done by groups like RMI and um, uh, some SoCal Edison has some really great study uh, things that they're doing down there. So there are a lot of groups studying this, but it's tricky because when you try to sort of say how much particular, how much tox toxins, it's difficult because how much do you cook? Right. Do you do a lot of charring? Do yeah. you do a lot of you know frying of bacon? Um, so, you know, a couple things, again, you're eliminating the toxic gases entirely when you switch over, which is wonderful. You're reducing how much particulate. So if you're frying bacon, it lands, it, it, the, the extra grease lands on a cold surface. If you are frying bacon on gas, tons of that is getting turned into fumes from all that wasted heat and landing on a really hot surface. So tons more particulate, not tons, literally, much more particulate matter. Um, and, you know, in terms of air quality, if you, people have, have air quality monitors mm -hmm. and they put them inside their kitchens, especially post COVID and with all the fires, we're becoming very aware of, mm -hmm. of how much, part, uh, you know, indoor air pollution uh, is actually much stronger um, than or, or much higher levels than outdoor air pollution a lot mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think that I have clients coming in when I was uh, selling appliances and they say, you know, I don't know about this induction. I'm a little nervous about it, but 
I'm really into the safety and air quality. Can we talk about that? Yeah. And then once that happens, it's really easy on the cooking side. Right. So I'm like, guess what? It cooks way. <laughs> so yeah, the indoor air quality is a really important topic for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, it really matters now. So yeah. people are coming in and asking about that, which is which is great. Mm -hmm. One of the other other things that I often point out is, especially when you have a young mother or young father who may be cooking while they're holding a baby or with a toddler around, who may reach out to the stove top, you know, you don't get burned, right? You know, it's really something that is one of the you know, the, for me, it leads with how great it cooks. It leads with how great it is for sustainability environment. But then for me, it's like, but wait, there's more. So as you, and so that's one of those like, but wait, there's more kind of moments <laughs> where, you know, that's kind of how I think of it. Like you go to touch the pot handles and there, you can have a boiling pot of water and, you know, oftentimes you can pick that up and dump it without having to grab like mitts mm -hmm. so your pot handles stay cool for children being around or or grown adults <laughs> you know you can't catch anything on fire so mm -hmm. if I've got a drapey scarf I can I literally in my demos I just drape my scarf all over the cooktop while I'm cooking, mm -hmm. you can put um, newspaper underneath um, or or a soap hat, which are one of those silicone mats underneath your cookware and cook right through it. Wow. You, it's wild. So it you can't catch on fire. And then from the, the heat, you can touch like, you know, myself or a little baby can put their little hands right outside, right beside a pot. Or you can put an ice cube there and nothing will get melted or burned. Uh, it's wild. Now, once the pot is there for a long time and it's cooking for a long time, it will get reflected heat. So if you move away a hot pot, they, the cooktops have or ranges have indicators to mm -hmm. tell you, yes, this is a little hot but um, it's a totally different animal. Mm -hmm. So for, I remember you had told me and you alluded to it that someone told you, oh, well, they're not making induction anymore because it was causing fires. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's been like the, the number of fires that are caused by gas stoves and gas appliances is, is pretty alarming mm -hmm. in, in the appliance industry so much so that it's very highly regulated how close you can put, you know this, like how close you can put your cabinets, yeah. what those cabinets are made of, what the drywall is behind it. I mean, this is, and then on all the instructions, it'll say, we're not liable. We're not liable. We're not liable. That's because stuff burns down. Yeah, exactly. So to get that out of the picture is pretty wonderful. Mm -hmm. So now, as I told you, I found that it was actually difficult to buy induction stoves, especially in California. So what do you have to say about that? What are the manufacturers doing? Or, um, and, and, and in my understanding, uh, the induction stoves are slightly more expensive 
than yeah. guest of, except, you know, maybe you're buying some luxury item like wolves and, you know, uh, so right, we're dogs, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these are great things. So on the practical side, um, I had, I had mentioned it or, you know, there is what I call the clean little secret of the appliance industry. And what that is, in, is that those of us like me, the corporate chefs in the appliance industry, the product developers, the innovation leaders in the, like the different brands, say of Mila, Sub-Zero Wolf, um, uh, Thermidor, uh, the top appliance trainers, the people that are in it with the products all the time, we love induction. We love it. We love it for all the reasons I have listed and then some. Mm -hmm. But we weren't all sure it like the time wasn't right. And like I said, assuming when when these regulations started to come out, I knew there would be confusion. I knew people would be like, what? So I'm just so excited to share how it, how fabulous this stuff is. Now, once you get, however, into the showrooms and the salespeople, I love appliance salespeople. It is a hard job and it is 10 times harder now than ever. So mm -hmm. love, love, love. But we usually don't have live product to show. Whereas, you know, if they put a live product, it's a fire breathing gas range. Mm -hmm. Boring. <laughs> um, and, you know, when you put in the induction, they all kind of look the same. Yeah. So it's hard to know. And they often look a lot like the old flat top board, you know, electric. Yeah. And that all gets confused. And I totally get that. So having live product. And then, you know, I'm working with the manufacturers to say, look, I know you love your two children. Like I told you before, <laughs> I said, there's, it's like, we have two children. We have our, in the appliance where we've got our gas range, you know, we've got our gas children and our induction. I'm like, can we just show our kids 50, 50? <laughs> um, and they're really listening to that. And I'm telling them there's a great business case to be made. Mm. Sustainability is not a joke anymore. It is being embraced by all sides of the aisle because it's proving itself as valuable. It's proving itself as something people want. Um, and so, yeah, it's pretty, it's hard though. If, if um, my work with the Building Decarbonization Coalition, my new project with the BDC, um, they are a remarkable group, um, is going to be going around to the manufacturers and getting to that store level and saying, um, you know, what do you guys need to know? How can you show this? Because if the sale is harder, if you have to, if you maybe secretly love induction <laughs> or don't know, but it's really easy to just sell a gas range because someone comes in and says, I want that instead of saying, well, what's important to you? Let's, let me show you a couple choices. If you want to hear that every time I did it, people are like, you know what? I am really curious. Let's talk about it. And um, because I wasn't being bossy or demanding or having another agenda, I was just saying, can I show you something that's kind of amazing? And they've already heard stuff about it. So yes, getting down to that store level is difficult. Mm. And yes, they are slightly more expensive. The prices are coming down because like with Thermidor, oh my God, they are. I'm selling their Freedom cooktops like they're going out of style and they're not. Um, so they're working on ways to bring those prices down because the demand is going way up mm -hmm. as well as there are incentives 
So for example, in the Bay Area there, if you switch from gas to electric, there's anywhere from $300 rebates up to 800, depending on if the county sweetened the deal. Um, so there are things that are changing, mm-hmm. um, but you know it is also very hard to figure out the electrical. There are things like this isn't just to walk in the park. Yeah. You know, so you know that there are things that are, you know, it's not all rosy. Um, there are things that are making it difficult. Product availability, as you said, education, figuring out your electrical. Um, there are absolutely things that we're solving for. And then having enough electricity going forward right. um, and having more reliable electricity. So right. these are all things that are being worked on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I am excited too. What would you, what kind of tips would you give a homeowner? I guess it doesn't have to be homeowners. Renters can also choose to have induction stoves. What are your tips that you can give them in terms of what to look for or where or how they could acquire them under the current condition of the market? Yeah, it's, it is the hardest time in the world for, for appliance sales. It's, it has not gotten better in terms of supply chain. So again, all the love in the world to the appliance people. Um, it is a hard job. Um, so, you know, it's, it's pretty tricky. It's having, it's just have people having to be really patient. If you have a fridge and a dishwasher, don't get rid of them. <laughs> Hang on to them until you literally see that truck pull up. <laughs> with your fridge and your dishwasher. Um, and, you know, it, it is tricky. I am a renter. And so I um, chose a, a home, a, a rental that has all electric options. I'm switching out, uh, putting my own range in, but I, I have that option because mm-hmm. I'm in the industry. Um, I also have a combi steam oven that is like the le- the love of my life besides my cat and my husband. We talked about that. <laughs> Okay. And my family, fine. But um, it is amazing. So it's what I think is important is to look at what I call the whole electric kitchen. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're replacing, you're going to have sizes and things that sort of, you'll have a few parameters. Like when you're working on flipping your homes, there's, Mm -hmm. you know, only a certain size or things that you have to think about or how many amps, you know, like a Bosch and Thermador have a, their, their lower amperage. Mm -hmm. So looking at the cutout as well as your power load there. Um, But I encourage people to look at what I call the, what I've termed the whole electric kitchen, meaning everything you have in your kitchen, except maybe one thing is electric. Mm. So use, you know, Monogram has fabulous ovens that have air fry in them. Mm. Awesome. Mila and Bosch and Thermidor and, um, and Wolf have combi steam ovens. Those things are ovens and an extension of your cooktop and everything. I almost never sell 48 inch ranges anymore because when we work on it, you can get one combi steam in one 30 or 36 inch range and you are off to the races. <laughs> so, you know, it's really looking at what there's like less is more. So instead of a 48 inch range, all of a sudden, you know, you can start to get fewer appliances that do more things yeah. and maybe not such a gigantic hood. And right. all of a sudden your appliance package is fewer things, not as giant as an expensive, but higher function. 
Does that make sense? Yes, more efficient. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for all this incredible, helpful information. Do you have um, a website that people, people can find you? I do. My company is called Kitchens to Life. So kitchens, plural, to, to life, uh, all spelled out because that's what we do. We bring kitchens to life. Mm -hmm. um, so from the simplest little, you know, from somebody who was like, you know, in their starter apartment with a little plug-in induction that they're using, like I get it <laughs> to my, you know, super wealthy clients that are like, all right, I want to rip out this 48, 48 inch range and go all induction. Let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever we are on that, on that trajectory, I'm, I'm more on the other side. Um, so I get it. And uh, I do, I, I uh, work with mostly businesses B2B. And I do a lot on LinkedIn. LinkedIn mm. has changed my life. Mm -hmm. um, mostly we work with companies. We're working with Google. Oh my God. To, uh, <laughs> they are working to encourage their, the Googlers to go all electric in their homes. So that is only just beginning with the tech companies, but it's really exciting to see companies getting behind the electric kitchen revolution as well. Yeah, it's indeed an exciting time, although we definitely still have a lot of challenges ahead of us, but we're definitely we in the right path, right? We do. You know, the proof is in the cooking. And when, when clients time and time and time and time again either have to get induction, I say, you know what? You get to get induction. Maybe they have to, or they ended up with it, or they chose it, and then you know, a couple of days after using it, they they come, they become like me. <laughs> Not stop talking about induction <laughs> and how cool it is. So that alone is is enough for me. But it is. There are lots of challenges. Like I said, I, I'm very enthusiastic and excited about it uh, from the chef side and the potential. But of course, there's a lot to learn. Um, and a lot to share. So you and I will be busy. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Winning. <Yes. laughs> well, thank you so much, Rochelle, for your wonderful information and knowledge and experience. I am so grateful. And this was, this was Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Homes. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone.